The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side, And Eric Austin is from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. And you're back with Open House with Team Reba. Where every week, every Tuesday at 3 o'clock, you can join us here for real estate and mortgage news and just about anything else that we care to talk about. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff we care to talk about. Yeah, that's usually we, we barely ever get to any of the stuff we're supposed to be talking about, but that's sort of oh, Bite how your we tongue. Yeah. I think we cover quite a bit, but <laughs> no. okay, sure. All right. Well, as most people know, uh, at the beginning of our show, we like to do some market updates, but we're this, uh, this week we're going to do both some market updates on mortgage and real estate, but I also have a little bit of a tidbit of a cool thing going on that uh, I want to share with people. And because this is uh, becoming the week where we highlight green Right. Right. So yes. today we have a wonderful guest with us that's all about green. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so we have Sam Lai, who's with Green Canopy as a co-founder and CMO. And so he's going to be here with us. But I'm also going to talk a little bit about Shadow. Do it. Let's hear it. Do you it. want me to do it now yeah. or you want to do your market update first? No, I want to know about Shadow. You want to know about Shadow. Okay. So Shadow is actually Shadow Lake, but it's also an acronym for Save Habitat and Diversity of Wetlands. So if anyone's been listening to the show very long, you know that I'm a, a member of the local Renton Chamber, and I'm also on the board of directors. So we actually had our uh, monthly meeting out at this bog site this last week. And so, no, we weren't just sitting around in a bunch of big, big wet bog. bog. Yeah. yeah. They actually have a really cool facility there where you can have events, and they do a lot of education and bring a lot of people in to do team building You know, while they're all out doing uh, volunteer work. And it's bog related activities. It, yes, actually it is. It was fascinating. So this location is the home of a 5,000 year old Shadow Lake bog. And it's one of the few remaining kinds of bogs of its type. For crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. it's it's fascinating. And so somebody, um, someone was, I don't know, forethinking enough to, to go out and buy this place that back in the 60s was basically a garbage dump. Right, yeah. People have been dumping old car engines huh. and all kinds of things out there. And uh, somebody took a look at that and was just like, no, 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 that's not what this is supposed to be. Yeah, and, don't do that. This is a 5,000-year-old bog. Yeah, so it was actually really fascinating. So they've been doing some replanting of indigenous uh, types of plants that would be typical for Very a space cool. like that. But it's, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful, and I was posting photos of that on the uh, Team Reba Facebook page if people want to start getting oh, yeah. kind of an idea of that. But um, they bring students in from all over. Uh, it's not just a rented thing. I mean, they come in from cities all around the area to be able to see this very unique feature. And, uh, you know, there's other folks coming in with their, you know, corporate teams and helping pull out blackberries because we all know sure. that that's a, a big problem around here. But there's all kinds of fun things that can go on, and they're actually just uh, getting ready to do another extension of some of the boardwalks. So it's it's great because these things are like 90 feet deep in areas. 
And so they have to have the boardwalks above them so that you can safely walk of course, through it, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's really just fascinating. Well, and that's, a, that's a, it's, it's great that they're preserving something like mm-hmm. that. I know growing up as a kid, I grew up in North Seattle, kind of up by Northgate, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. Jackson Golf Course. And the southern uh, area portion of Northgate Mall actually used to be a, a giant bog wetlands mm-hmm. area. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I caught so many frogs, salamanders, snakes. Yeah. fish, you name it. And yeah. now that whole thing is paved over and there's a cinema sitting on top of well, it. Well, and, you know, just think about the Greenwood area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing. That was all bog yeah, over there right. as well. So it was sure. a big, big peat bog. So that it's one of the reasons yeah. why you see the there's really a, ancient uh, houses over there. Licton Springs. Licton Springs also. Sure. Yeah. A yeah. lot of those uh, properties still sometimes have to deal with some water issues and settling issues <laughs> if they're older. You That's see right. some of them have a little bit of a list. Some of our listeners like wetlands, please. We After the last <laughs> few weeks, we've got enough of yeah. We We're Wetlands, with our wetlands in our backyards. Well, you know, build a rain garden. Yeah, there you go. Might, yeah, might yeah. make it a little bit easier. Let's figure out a way to take advantage of that, harness yeah. that. So anyway, I do want to, you know, I want to uh, recommend people get on their website, though, at shadowhabitat.org because they list a bunch of adult classes there, things like they've got from mud puddles to rain gardens, um, gardening with wildlife. I mean, there's some really cool things that you can even apply to your own home. Very cool. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Really neat stuff. Good, 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 good. On to rates. Yeah. Well. Oh, oh, before we go on. Yeah. Can I just tell you what's really funny is the gal who is the community engagement and program manager there. Yeah. What I loved about her when I met her is that here she works with this big wet bog and her name is Sahara. I thought you were going to say Pete. Yeah, <laughs> no. Pete no, Moss it's, or something like that. She's the exact opposite. Her name's Sahara Saval. Sahara. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And everyone kept butchering her name. And I was like, wait, do you, Sahara. Sahara, like the desert? It's like the yeah. driest thing you can possibly think <laughs> I of. I know. Again. I kept calling her Sierra and Sarah <laughs> and all these other things. I had to make sure and be like, okay, you're Sahara. Got it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Great, well, great gal. Just, uh, she, she was born to either do that or, or something, just the complete opposite. Yes. Yeah. yeah precisely. Very cool. Very cool. Well, good. Well, uh, our rate update uh, since last week, we're, we're actually kind of hanging in there. I was sort of wondering this morning what to expect today. Uh, you know, of course, these terrible events that, that have been happening in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, and anytime there's a, a, a terrorist event anywhere really in the world, it, it, it can rattle the, the markets. And of course, you know, the, the human toll of that is is you know, mm-hmm. you know, pretty, pretty striking, but, yes. um, so far today, um, it, it didn't have the impact that, that I thought it might on interest rates. Okay. A lot of the times when bad things like that happen, we get what's called flight to safety investing. Right, yeah. You've mentioned that before. Yeah. And, and we really, um, the markets were, were pretty, pretty unrattled today. They were fairly stable. As a matter of fact, um, there might even be just a slight amount of upward pressure on interest rates today because the markets didn't, um, didn't get shaken up too much uh, today, which is which is interesting. Okay. I guess that's sort of a testament to the resilience of of the markets, either that or the confidence, you know, in in our overall uh, financial systems that something like this isn't going to have its intended effect. Right. And and so in some ways, in many ways, that's that's a good thing. So interest rates overall, our our averages, thirty year fixed rate conforming mortgages were averaging three point seven seven percent this week so far. A 15-year fixed rate, just a nick over 3% at 3.04%. FHA loans, if you're a first-time buyer out there with 3.5% down, you can do that up to $540,000, 3.35% today for FHA 
uh, loans. Nice. And that's the same for VA, uh, zero down uh, VA, 3.35%. Jumbo 30-year fixed rates hovering on 3.63%. And uh, so, so overall rates are, are hanging in there very, very nicely. Sounds uh, so. like your favorite number is three right now. <laughs> oh, gosh, I know everything in the threes. <laughs> you know, then, of course, you know, rates ultimately will go up and people say, where's your rate? You know, we're at 4%. And we go, oh, oh, yeah. 4%. I know. Terrible. I know. We'll what just I have to do? give them all of our old-timer stories about all of our first mortgages. That's right. That's right. And if anybody, um, you know, of course, you know, with, with interest rates, there'll be fluctuations based on your credit score or, or based on how much you're putting down or what your loan to value ratio is. If any, if you're ever interested in, in individual information, give us a call or you can, you can tweet us at Eric is my banker and you can tweet Reba at team Reba. And this is also a live call-in show. You can reach us toll-free today at 866-712-1300. Right. You can have questions for uh, either our guest, Sam, with Green Canopy, or you know, if you need to throw something out there for us, we'll, we'll certainly take it. We might uh, have to answer it off-air, but it just depends. It depends right. on what you're calling to ask about. That's right. That's right. But we'll be gentle. Yeah. We so promise. you were asking whether or not I was going to do a market update. And yeah. I figured last week uh, when we got into kind of what some of the uh, – appreciation rates were of some of the market areas, you know, they don't change in a week. Right. So from from that standpoint, what I can tell you is we just aren't really seeing any major change in what's going on with volume. I mean, I would, you know, hey, anybody out there who's listening, if you're thinking about selling your home, by all means, reach out <laughs> because we're, we're looking for inventory. We do have the typical rise of people who start preparing for the spring season sure. and the summer selling season. Um, but I got to tell you, I watch the MLS every single day, and there's only been a couple of days that those numbers have hit into the 500s. Crazy. You know, they're mostly wow. in the 300s every day, and that's just not a lot of inventory for no. the amount of demand. What we have no. is 500-plus homes going pending every day, but we don't have the matching numbers of new listings, new listings coming, coming on, on the market to re- even to replace what's what's being absolutely. sold. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a bunch of listings that are going to be coming up this spring. We've been um, getting more and more people reaching out because of you know things that go on, and and it's so funny because people always think it's just about families, but really mm-hmm. it's about life changes. You know, I got contacted last week for a variety of reasons. One was because there was a death in the family. One was because somebody's moving in with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Another person's thinking about selling a rental. And those have really nothing to do entirely with you sure. know, what's well, going on with life. inventory. They're just yeah. like, hey, I got some going on in my life. Right. What's, what, how will it impact me? Yes, right? Absolutely. So that's usually what we have to contend with. But uh, anyway, but adding, I hope, to the inventory locally is Green Canopy. So, Sam, please join the conversation. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you guys on here because, as you know, for years I've been uh, attending classes that Green Canopy puts on uh, Mm -hmm. that are beneficial to the local real estate agent community. That's right. Yeah. And so um, why don't you give everyone a little bit of history about who Green Canopy is? Sure. Sure. So we are... Uh, a builder in Seattle and in Portland, and we build uh, single-family homes that are fee simple, which basically means they're homes you can buy that are not condos. Mm-hmm. And we build them 
with uh, a focus on energy efficiency and environmental standards. So we use a couple different methods to um, make sure that we're building objectively to a higher standard than code. And here locally in Seattle, we're building to a built green standard. So they're all certified mm -hmm. built green homes. And in Portland, we're building to an earth advantage standard. And we can talk oh, a little okay. bit more about what that means later on. Yeah, I definitely would love to hear that because was, that was one of the things I had for you today was wondering what the differences are across not just the maybe the northwest landscape but how you might even compare to other market areas outside of here because i know i come from the midwest and to me even some of the code level that we use here in the pacific northwest would be considered green to them oh big time right right yeah so i just find it fascinating this is um, a target area for this show that we really wanted to be highlighting at least once a month of what are the types of things that can happen? Who are the builders who are out there providing these kinds of services? Uh, what are the techniques? Um, like we have people coming in for solar companies, what have you. So I'm super excited to have you here. And we are open house with Team Reba. If you're going to have any questions for Sam, please call in at 866-712-1300. If you'd like to call into the show, now's your chance. It's 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnos from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. We're... Yeah, cool. Oh, no, cool. I was just going to say, right there in the little break, they were talking about uh, the largest number of breweries operating right now in, yeah. in the U.S. So I was super excited last week also. I was at the State of the City address in yeah. Renton where uh, Mayor Dennis Law was having, I guess, what's his last uh, address to the city. And uh, we're going to get a new brewery soon. Nice. Yeah, they're going to have a tasting room called the Four Generals. And I am majorly, majorly excited about that. You so. know what bums me out, though? I'm, you what, know, it's a whole what, New Year's resolution. What could resolution bum you thing. out I'm about beer? To, I, well, that's it. I, <laughs> I, I enjoy a pint or two here and there. And somebody told me the other <laughs> day, two. I'm trying to live healthy, you know, and all that. And uh, I guess one glass of beer is the equivalent of even eating seven slices of bread. What? Well, then don't oh. eat sandwiches and have beer. I know. I'm thinking about that. And you know, I come home, you know. Do you have any, you know, how much bread you have? I had uh, 21 slices. <laughs> a loaf? So, yeah. <laughs> right. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So well, I, I saw Sam over there doing a little happy dance when I said that. Do you ever get down that way? Oh, I love, um, I love bread. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me yes. too. Love yeah. Bread. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Carbs are us. I know. I know. <laughs> Oh, oh well. my goodness! Just have to right. climb the stairs on the way over, you know, after work. That's right. I should like stop that. taking the elevator here yeah. and go up the three flights of there stairs. <laughs> That'd be a better choice. That's right. All right. Well, speaking of things that are more healthy for you, yeah. Let's get back into green Nothing canopy. Like living in a nice, clean greenhouse. Yeah. So, yeah. Sam Lai with yeah. Green Canopy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks again for joining us. So sure. let's 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 look at that because I know I've heard the history of where Green Canopy came from, and. Part of it I heard was really when some of you founders, you know, when you started having your families, mm. right? Yeah, that's right. So the beginning of Green Canopy, um, you know, Aaron Fairchild, the CEO of Green Canopy, and I, um, you know, Aaron doesn't like to talk about this too much because it just sounds a little um, 
it sounds a little bit like a dream. And that's kind of what it felt like. Because in 2008, uh, my wife and I had twin daughters who are seven now, of course, you can do the math. And um, Aaron and his wife had uh, a daughter, Mia Soleil, that was born just two weeks before my twin girls were born. And uh, we are good friends. We've always, we've always wanted to work on a project. And uh, Aaron, his big MBA brain, never thought the project was big enough. You know, a, mm. a remodel mm. or a new construction project just right. never seemed like it was big enough for us to handle just the two of us. But we've been on a journey prior to our, our daughters being born where we discovered the joy of working on something that really meant a lot to us mm-hmm. in our day job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we all have experiences in working on things that mean a lot to us, you know, off hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, I've been involved with New Horizons Ministry and uh, Street Bean Espresso, which works with homeless youth in Seattle. And that's always meant a lot to me, but that was not my main job. Right. And there's this discovery that Aaron and I made in 2008 that there was actually an opportunity to do good and to be able to do that within our business as well. So he had been working on financial models to try to promote energy efficiency with the city of Seattle and city of Portland. I just finished a five-star built green home for myself, for my family, that uh, what I understand was the very first rainwater recycling home in Seattle. Oh, very uh, cool. Yeah. And uh, that means that the toilets and laundry yeah. and irrigation. Right. Okay, from uh, other like gray water sources right. and things. Awesome. From the rain, yeah. And um, it was an opportunity where we were all looking, we were both looking at each other, you know, a little bit in a sleep state because we we had these young kiddos at home and we probably say, just they, had. They, they barely asleep state. That's actually. right. That's right. We, so we were kind of like zombies uh, walking along Queen Anne Avenue and just, you know, doing what we normally do, having a cup of coffee. And we realized that this was the moment in time when we could do something with our lives where we could look into our daughter's eyes you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now and be able to say, hey, we were reading, we were thinking, we were we were immersing ourselves in all the different things that we could do, given the talents that we were given, the opportunities that we were given. And we poured ourselves into this company that tried to make a difference mm-hmm. um, in terms of um, building homes that are healthier for our communities um, and primarily thinking about climate change and the mm-hmm. amount of energy that our homes yeah. sure. use. Rather than passing the buck on to the next generation, you're actually doing something for exactly. them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the, the birth of Green Canopy Homes in terms of the idea. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, not I love puns. <laughs> And uh, from there, you know, we started a couple different ideas, um, brought a team together. He and I were the first, but um, our, our initial idea was to create a, a residential fund, um, a blind fund where we were hoping to raise $50 million and be able to invest in residential real estate all around Seattle wow. and turn them into energy-efficient re- renovations of these old homes. And we got a fun start, you know, got a write-up in the New York Times and thought, okay, we've hit it. This is great. We've got great progress here. And six months later, nothing. Oh, I'm just thinking about the time. Mm-hmm. The time yeah. that you right. decided to jump into that was the, one of the roughest times in, right. in our, our local history for That's real right. estate. Exactly. And, and at that time, we thought, great, this is the opportunity. Other people can see sure. the opportunity. And at that time, there were no other residential funds at that time. And right. of course, eight, 12 months, 18 months later, there are tons of them. But we mm-hmm. were too early, which means we were wrong with our model. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so we decided at that time, like, okay, how are we going to do this on our own? How are we going to switch? And so we decided, okay, 
let's just do our own projects. Let's not worry about setting mm-hmm. up a fund. Let's just do mm-hmm. a like do a proof of concept one by one, two mm-hmm. by two. Then we did to, went to five, ten, twenty five, and uh, now we've ha- sold over a hundred homes in Seattle and in Portland. Um, and now the model is um, building new homes uh, that are energy efficient and certified green um, in whatever location city mm-hmm. uh, the certification um, that's most predominant is the certification that we use. We started in uh, renovations, but now the only types of projects we take on are new construction because that's the best way to scale. Right. Got it. Got it. And I'm, I'm looking on, you have a fabulous website, by the way, greencanopyhomes.com. Uh, and I, I noticed, uh, so you've got a project that's on the market right now, Olympic 8, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, Olympic 8 is located in Wallingford. Some people will say it's in Fremont, depending on how you want to see the, the boundary. But it's just off 45th uh, near Stone Way. And, uh, the pro- Not Freelard. <laughs> yeah, some people will call it that, too. <laughs> uh, I like that word. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> So the project, it's a row house, and there are eight units, and uh, they're about 1,600 square feet apiece. Good size, yeah. Yeah, and uh, two bedrooms plus a an additional bedroom um, that is not officially a bedroom in the basement because there isn't uh, legal egress, but a lot of people could see that being used as a three-bedroom house. And the whole focus on this particular project is is twofold. One is to try to create the, the best amount of density in a location that's very close and very proximate mm-hmm. to um, uh, to access to Highway 99, but then also to transit. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. And then also, how do we create a home that's as ener- energy efficient as possible at a price point that is as cost effective as possible? So we were really trying to go after the value for this project. There's also a one-car garage in each of the uh, six units that are in the middle that aren't the end units. And uh, what's fun about this housing type is that we don't have a lot of these in Seattle. They're essentially kind of like East Coast brownstones. Right, yeah. There's like a front porch and there's a connection to the street. Um, and we're not that used to it yet. And it's kind of fun to be able to bring mm-hmm. in something that is a little bit outside of what we think of as the box. Well, we're super excited about it, at least in the real estate community, because that was one of the complaints I think a lot of us had with inventory of when townhouses were first really taken off you know, in the 2000s, they just kind of became these, you know, craftsman wannabe things that they did. They didn't have that much character to them. They were pseudo intended to be like the surrounding neighborhoods. And then everybody got tired of them and they got Worse and worse, I think, frankly, as time went on. Then we went to modern, which we like modern, um, but but some people are, are a little bit tired of just seeing that too. So it's it's great when there's something new and interesting. I think that's something that I think and, – and you can tell me whether or not the city is uh, leaning this direction because I've, I've read some that it, it would prefer to see more styles available – because uh, there's some demand for it, but I think they just also don't want everything just looking the same. So, I, you know, I'm a big fan of kind of the brownstone styling. So, it, very excited to well, see something that that's inviting. In. I, I know my pet. Yeah, peeve well, is being a, neighbor a, friendly. A big garage in front and the house in the back. It's just unfriendly. Yeah, you still see each other. Right. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's really cool, and I, and I, I love the design of these really really nice looking mm-hmm. homes. So so Sam, what makes educate us a little bit on on what what qualifies as built green? And you're mentioning that you're building to a standard that's even higher than that. So, so what is the difference? How do you differentiate yourself from other builders? Sure. So, you know, the, the definition is essentially just that. We're building beyond a standard, then code. You know, code gives you just these basic 
bare-bone guidelines that builders have to adhere to. And when you build a built green standard, it requires that you're thoughtful about every step in the process. So for us, with or without the built green certification, we have over 70 QCICs, which stands for Quality Control Inspection Checklists. And that means that we are very thoughtful about every step in the process, especially the things that are behind the walls. And what's funny, as you all know, about real estate is that the things behind the walls don't sell. No, not Correct. well, not typically. Not typically. It depends you know, on who your buyer is, but that's a kind of a specific buyer type who's looking for that. That's right. Yeah. So one of the tricks of the the of selling a, a built green home where you know, what's behind the walls is part of the quality value uh, proposition is the fact that we have to somehow capture all that value in another way. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we do, um, I think we are the only builders in Seattle that do this consistently, is we have an energy performance guarantee, which means that you can, uh, we have a third-party energy auditor that comes in at the tail end of the project and says, this is how much the home is modeled to consume. Mm -hmm. And what we do behind that is say, based on this third-party energy auditor's certificate, we are going to guarantee the performance of this home. And if it doesn't perform to this standard, we're going to rebate you the difference in utility bills. Yeah. And if it performs better because you've been doing such a good job of turning off the lights. They got to pay you? Uh, we, no, we <laughs> we still uh, – we have a carrot and a stick. We give them a gift certificate to REI for nice. $200. Oh, fantastic. Nice. So that's kind of a fun way of encapsulating the value of what's behind the walls because most people don't really think about those things. Uh, but, of course – at the end of the day, real estate, you have to capture the buyer's imagination. It's a romantic right. kind of a purchase, right? Exactly. So we always think about um, the fact that, sure, we can build the most efficient po- home possible, but at the end of the day, it still has to be a home that people are excited about raising yeah. their family and having a life in. Yeah, because people have definite um, physical reactions and emotional reactions to the homes that they're in. So, okay, well, great. So if you have questions for Sam, we're going to be back here in uh, just a couple minutes, but the number 866-712-1300, Open House with Team Reba. Stay tuned. Got a question? Call it in, 866-712-1300. investment. Now back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes with Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Haas with Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And here we are today with Sam Lai, who's the co-founder and CMO of Green Canopy Homes. So welcome again, Kevin. Uh, Sam, sorry. <laughs> I know a realtor <laughs> named Kevin Lai, and I, I knew I was going to say that at some point in the day here. You so. set yourself up for it. <laughs> you set okay. yourself oh, well. up. There always, you. I'm <laughs> sure he's a brother somehow. Yeah, from, <laughs> some, somehow related, I'm sure. Right. So. <laughs> well, thanks gosh. again, Sam. So um, uh, tell us a little bit. We were talking about, about how you have an energy efficiency guarantee, an energy performance guarantee with, with the homes that you mm-hmm. build. So, what, I mean, what, what kind of energy savings could a person – Uh, realize uh, with one of these homes. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to talk about this. I mean, I should first start out by saying that this is something that folks in real estate love to geek out on. Maybe folks in Mm -hmm. energy efficiency realm or in the green realm love and love to geek out on, talk about, and, you know, have beers over. Absolutely. Break bread over. Yes, there Um, you go. (laughs) As it were. 
Uh, however, buyers don't really care that much. And that's the thing that we've discovered over uh, the last four or five years that we've been selling homes. It's one of the last things people think about. And I think part of the problem is that our um, our energy bills in the Puget Sound area mm. are pretty good. I mean, yeah. the rates are so low that it's just one of those costs that, mm-hmm. that buyers don't really think about. Um, another part of the problem, if you can call it a problem, is the fact that um, we don't really connect the energy that we expend um, and don't connect that to um, you know, carbon and right. carbon emissions True. in general because of the fact that in Seattle, we think of it as hydropower. So it's pretty clean, right? right. The problem is that a lot of the power comes in off of other coal um, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, we just had PSE on last week talking about the Energize side project and how uh, I also know that PSE is currently working on the getting off of coal uh, kind of situation with the state and there's all kinds of things around that. So I mean, they, they definitely went to go that direction. And we know there's more people looking at solar options. Like we have, um, Sunergy systems coming on to talk about solar. Oh, that's and great. Yeah. So, um, so we definitely, yes, we geek out <laughs> on it, but you know, I, I find it interesting that you say you don't see the buyers necessarily doing that. Cause I have more and more customers asking about things like solar. Mm. Now they are usually my millennial type clients, but not always. I have, sure. I have others that, you know, their house already has like a huge solar array you know, yeah. thing going on on the whole west side of their roof. So I should probably clarify, you know, it's it's kind of like when you buy a car, you're not necessarily buying the car because it's got Bluetooth in mm-hmm. it, right? You buy the car because of all these other basic reasons, basic functions. And right now, energy efficiency and, for example, the fact that this project you talked about, the Olympic 8 um, on 45th and Wallingford, um, we're pre-wired for solar. We already have a whole package set up. If a buyer was interested, they could you know, pull the trigger, and they can even have solar installed before they close, which means that that nice. solar pays for you from day one. Yeah. How many buyers are interested in that? Very few. It's crickets. And the reason why I think, and, mm-hmm. and this is just in maybe you can tell me yeah. what, what your ideas are, is, is that we're still, we still have a romance about homes. I brought that word mm-hmm. up earlier. Yeah. And I think we have to capture both the head and the heart of our potential buyers. Right. And I think on the heart level, we get excited about the bright and shiny. And on a head level, we think about energy efficiency as great. I'm going to save maybe 100 bucks a month. But when you connect the head and the heart, that $100 a month, if you consider that you're actually using 50% of the energy and therefore 50% of the carbon that would have gone up in the atmosphere uh, for buying this home – that's potentially a way to connect the head and the heart. And so some of the phrases that we experiment with is instead of saying, oh, this home is so efficient, period, mm-hmm. which you know, just sounds like something a Boeing engineer, which mm-hmm. right. you know, it's great if a Boeing engineer was buying the house. Maybe that's a great way, right. to, you know, a great love language for Actually, them. Actually, one of my buyers that wanted solar on his house was a Boeing engineer. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, yep. um, but statistically, you know, a lot of women oftentimes are the ones making the choice oh, in, yeah. you know, in, in yeah. a purchase. And um, and so we need to connect, you know, the head, the heart, mm-hmm. and be able to connect it in such a way that the home itself pulls someone in to be able to to speak the same love language of saying this is both efficient and mm-hmm. beautiful and speaks to that same right. um, brand of um, energy efficiency and recyclable, uh, recycled materials, health. And so, for example, mm-hmm. we'll use reclaimed wood in lots of our finishes that mm-hmm. allows a buyer to be able to say, oh, okay, I'm starting to understand the language of how this home is speaking to me. And then 
a year later when they are applying for their energy performance guarantee rebate or mm-hmm. their gift certificate, right. then they say, oh, I had no idea how much money I could save. That's, and then all of a yes. sudden you capture them there. But unfortunately, it doesn't happen at the point of purchase. Right. It's usually a year later or two years later when they say, I had no idea how comfortable this home could be. I don't have any cold spots in this home right. as I did in my last home. Right. So how do you market your homes then? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're asking oh the CMO. God. What an awesome, awesome response. <laughs> I think we market our homes the same way that you would market a home that um, – you're trying to capture a story. At yeah. the end of the day, you're trying to capture the buyer's story. And right now, even though a lot of people say that they want to buy a green and energy-efficient home, I don't think it's everyone's story yet. So you have to capture them on different uh-huh. levels. So you have to build and design a home – that whether you're buying that home because it's energy efficient or whether you're buying that home just because it's located in the right place, mm-hmm. we want all of them because our mission for Green Canopy Homes is to inspire resource efficiency mm-hmm. no matter where you are on your journey. And that's right. part of our scale story is that if you're just building 6 to 20 homes a year that really catered to those who are already converted in their mm-hmm. own story, whether it's real estate right. agents or the buyers, are already committed and they're going to pay – that additional premium to try to get that green home, well, they're not the audience that we're targeting. Right. We want to inspire everyone. And so mm-hmm. so you're talking like the Prius ads where they now have the cops chasing them because they have the good people. Now they're trying to get the oh, bad you people. Had to, <laughs> you, had to, you had to just <laughs> say it, didn't you? Yeah, no, no, no. Hashtag Eric I, I gonna, Prius. I am going to say uh, I, I, I don't hate the car. It's it's more of an issue with the driver. But okay. I, I, don't you think that the Pacific Northwest <laughs> is sort of a spearhead for, for this type of thinking? Yeah. And, 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 and you oh, touched absolutely. on it, Reeve. It's absolutely. not just houses. It, I think it started with, with cars where mm-hmm. the, the cool factor used to be horsepower. And I mean, mm-hmm. and, and for certain areas it is. We're in sort of a renaissance in that area as well. But also anymore now, it's, it's, it's miles per gallon or it's mm-hmm. efficiency with your car. Oh, yeah. So the cool car is going to be the Tesla, you know, right. which, is, which is all electric. Or it's, it's going to be, you know, the, the, the Corvette, which is mm-hmm. the polar opposite, but, but similar in, in See, performance. You, you just hit exactly why I bought my S2000 when I did in 2001. Mm-hmm. Because it actually had one of the better miles per gallon right. of any sports car it's on the market. It's still super, super fun to drive. Oh, it's totally so, fun. That's so, why I still have it. So, so I still so, drive it. And what's the common denominator there? The driver's engaged in the process. The, di- mm-hmm. the driver's engaged with the car. And I think you probably say the same thing with your house. Because there's definitely a cool yeah, factor. I have sure. a, a cousin of mine who has gone all solar, radiant heat. He has uh, radiant hot water. His electric bill is less than $8 a month. Mm. And, uh, you know, he gets a check back, you know, every, you know, you know for, for, for the efficiency of the home. And this is a 3,000-square-foot home. Sure. You yeah. know, so he's gone, like, completely gonzo on that in that direction but it, i have to admit it's pretty cool yeah you know and i walk in his house and i see what he and i know what he's paying to to heat it and run it and then i go back to my house and i see what i'm paying to heat it and run it. i'm like oh wow you know that is really cool yeah it's pretty fun you know we have these uh, three thousand square foot homes that are new construction in seward park right now that um you know just to for people to be able to get a measurement um if they're trying to understand how efficient homes can be um 28,000 kilowatt hours a year is the typical measurement that uh, most average that average Seattle homes uh, consume in a year and that 28,000 kilowatt hours a year is consumed in about a 1500 square foot home 
That's, that's okay. the finished that's the square average. footage. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in uh, the homes that we built, you know, 3,000 square foot home, so that's twice the square footage, uh, will test out at about 14,000 kilowatt hours a year. So it's half. Yeah. Twice the square footage and, and half the power usage. That's right. That's I know incredible. exactly which houses you're talking about. I've been driving by them. I have a client who's. Um, what do I have to like? Uh, place. You know, pedal something to to run the faucets, or I mean, how, how are you doing that? <laughs> That's right. There's a there's a bicycle, a stationary bicycle by every single appliance. So, uh, you know, the, it's it's really not as uh, as complicated as uh, one would think. The thoughtfulness is in each step. And so, I, I mentioned the quality control inspection checklist. You know, what happens is behind the walls. Oftentimes, people think about the R value of insulation. Mm-hmm. Sure, as right. One of the driving factors for how efficient a home is. However, in the Northwest, in particular. Uh, convection loss, energy mm-hmm. uh, is lost primarily through convection currents, which is basically mm-hmm. just a fancy way of saying that air escapes out of your home. Right. Mm-hmm. And homes that are built just to code, typically inspectors only inspect R-value and just just minimum standards around the R-value installation of the insulation. Whereas in for us, we do a blower door test to test for leakage, air leakage of the home mm-hmm. before we cover it all up. And so that means that our homes are really tight, so the mm-hmm. air is not escaping right. the home. Now, the first thing that freaks people out, uh, oftentimes, especially if you know, you've lived in a home in the 1980s, is, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, you're making your homes too tight. That right, means it's yeah. not healthy. Right. So the key is you build it tight, but then you ventilate it right. So the backup mm-hmm. system behind building a tight home is uh, HRV or an ERV. So that's a heat recovery ventilator or an energy recovery ventilator. And that means that you constantly have fresh air flowing into the home, but it's exchanging the exhaust energy um, into the fresh air. So 70% of the energy is recovered with the fresh air. So is that where you see like the whole house fans and then also the windows that have like the little slider options for opening to allow fresh air without having to open windows or something yeah, it's, else? It's it's something different than that. So okay. that's that's to code. Okay. So the uh, whole house Did you see that in code. a lot of new houses right now. Correct. But, yeah. Okay. And uh, so our systems will look similar to that, but for example, we have something called a spot ERV that looks a lot like a whole house fan. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that there's also f- there's fresh air coming in with exhaust air going out in the same unit. And that means that there's a heat exchange core within that unit exchanging okay. the energy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. When, when is that sewer project going to be coming online? We have one of the homes already on the market. And okay. the second one's uh, finishing touches going on right now. Are you guys doing any open houses at those properties? That's right. There'll be open houses this weekend, um, probably from noon to about four. Okay. Um, Do you want to give the actual address for these? Do you have it absolutely. with you? Absolutely. So I'm going to give you the addresses <laughs> after this break. Okay. That sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> we can certainly do that. Okay. Well, again, if you have any questions for Sam at Green Canopy, you can call us at 866-712-1300. Uh, we're going to talk on the break, too, about what else we want to try to cover because we're going into our last segment, so we want to make sure we get as much in as possible. Absolutely. Stay tuned. 866-712-1300. If you have any questions, give us a call. Open House has open phone lines. Give us a call at 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. 
Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Remax Metro Eastside. And I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. All right, and we still have Sam live from Green Canopy Homes with us. And uh, for anyone still wanting to check him out and the company and what they offer, go to greencanopyhomes.com. You can also find him on Twitter at uh, Green Canopy Inc. You guys have a Facebook page, do you not, Sam? We do. What other, what other areas, where can, where can people find you? See information about projects. Yeah, you know, the website's the best way to look us up. And then okay. from there, you can always uh, fill out a questionnaire so that way we can get back in touch with you uh, to be able to respond to your specific question or specific area that you're looking. Since we have projects both in Seattle and Portland, um, mm-hmm. we like to just funnel folks to the website first. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, before the break, you were going to get us the address <laughs> That's right. for that open house that's coming up. <laughs> Thank on, you. Uh, yeah. So you know, now, that, now the name of the show is even more fitting, Open House with Team Reba, oh, except perfect. for this time open it's house with Sam Lai. Well, with Green Canopy, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so where where can they find that? That's right. So it's Seward Park Avenue South, and it's 6803 and 6805 Seward Park Avenue South. So Saturday and Sunday, early afternoon, you should be able to take a look. Or if if you'd like to have a private showing, you can always contact us um, via our website. Okay. Now, are there any of those other townhomes also doing any open houses or no? Yeah, this weekend there should be open houses around the same time. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So listeners, if there's if you're curious about their product, go go out and take a look. Now, um, I had attended recently uh, a gathering that you guys did over in Issaquah. Mm-hmm. And we were talking earlier about, you know, the company scaling out and trying to do more. Uh, so... Tell us, what what is Green Canopy up to and what other kinds of projects can we be expecting coming up? Sure. Yeah, thanks for asking. You know, right now we're really focused on Portland. We're so excited about um, the opportunity to be there. Um, we have a two-person, uh, two-and-a-half-person team, sorry, Mark, um, <laughs> down in Portland. And uh, we're just so excited about the fact that we're able to build on time and on budget there. We have the mm-hmm. same con- systems set up to um, – to manage our projects well. And, you know, that was probably the biggest uh, moment of pride for us uh, in the end of 2015 to finish up that project and uh, and have this same level of quality built out there. Um, And here locally in Puget Sound, we are uh, looking at expanding to the east side. We're doing it thoughtfully and taking it step by step. And for the most part, um, the way we like to think about expansion is uh, we want to stay focused on where we are and then as soon as there's an opportunity to do it well and to expand mm-hmm. well into the next market area, we will. And Issaquah, we have our sights on Issaquah right now, but it may be another six months to a year before we start actively engaging there. Okay. Yeah, because I know with Seattle, there's so much of the new construction is really focused on energy efficient, green. There's a lot of the you know, five-star, four-star build, you know, things like that. Occasionally a lead development that comes through. And when I look at new construction over on the east side, I don't see much of that. That's right. Can Do you have any thoughts on why? Well, I think I think the alignment of the market there is, uh, you know, first of all, for example, in Bellevue, there isn't any code allowed for townhouses. Um, basically, what? <laughs> so... Okay. There, there was code that would allow for townhouse development in about eight years ago. But since then, um, basically PUDs, planned uh-huh. unit developments, right. are the only way that uh, is the only way that you can uh, 
permit a townhouse community. However, with PUDs in Bellevue, uh, I believe it's about 40% of the site that you use has to be open space. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So that means that either you're developing in a wetlands or mm-hmm. in some sort of a steep slope area, or you can't do the project at all because too much of your land value mm-hmm. is going to get sucked into that open space, right. which it could be a beautiful development, mm-hmm. but someone's not going to build. It's not cost-effective yeah. for a developer. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, wow. Very interesting. I didn't know that. So right now, if you're looking on the market, look for townhouses in Bellevue. You're not going to find anything that's Well, that certainly explains it because I have people who ask me about wanting to find something like that. And I'm like, there's not very much. Mm-hmm. You know, Anything that you do find is mostly just like a condo development. So. Sure. So okay. I would say that you know, certainly the mindset of folks in Seattle, I think, are are veering more towards that what you were talking about in terms of the cool factor of green mm-hmm. and being close to transit and being close to downtown and um, really cool breweries and you know mm-hmm. that kind of urban connection um, right. in Seattle seems to tend towards folks that are um, thinking forward and um, and get and and fre- frequently get excited about well sure as well. even your uh, Olympic Eight project in Wallingford on Forty Fifth Avenue I just counted it out you're thirteen blocks from Dick's Drive In so good <laughs> oh on you there oh my gosh of course yeah, of course we got of it course. all mapped out <laughs> that's his number one thing the, to have to look at it's is how the Dick's Drive In walk index we actually did a whole show on all the Dick's Drive Ins and the neighborhoods surrounding them. <laughs> so, you just can't get it off your brain, can Sorry, you? what can I say? I'm a simple person. Yeah. That's great. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, how many how many uh, pr- uh, homes do you expect to build like this year or next year? Mm-hmm. Sure. So we should probably sell about uh, 40 homes in 2016, and we're hoping to be able to scale up, you know, yeah. double, triple, quadruple that in the coming years. So in the Seattle area, I know it's always a challenge to find land. Mm-hmm. So how how are you guys finding your land? Are you guys doing the kind of the typical, you just have a bunch of agents looking for dirt? Yeah. So um, there are some models where uh, builders work with just one team and, mm-hmm. and try to focus on, on just one team. For us, we want to work with as many agents as we possibly can. So mm-hmm. we like to work with anyone. And right. um, sometimes it's difficult for folks that aren't specializing in land to figure out how that works, but that's right. okay. We're happy to work with folks that are, are getting their feet wet. Um, oftentimes we're going to say no to deals before we're going to say yes. That's just right. part of the name of the game is getting to a lot of no's before we get to the deal. Oh, yeah. Works. Well, and the thing is, it's every parcel is very different. Like recently I contacted you guys about a parcel in Laurelhurst mm-hmm. that I, I just sold. And so I ended up bringing in a different developer. Because uh, they were specifically, you know, having to target high-end luxury, That's right. you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, so we, we sometimes run across and it's just always, you know, a hit or miss. You never know right. who's going to love it. Like, you know, I found another property area down in Renton, you know, because I've talked to you guys about Renton, but that's not a market area that you guys are necessarily looking to expand into. So I, I toss it over, you know, to other folks. Like I, I reached out to Brooks Powell, mm-hmm. uh, Powell sure. Homes recently about a couple of sites uh, because he does work down on the south end. Sure. Not even necessarily across 167, but this was really right, like right by 167. Almost. Right. But, um, you know, so for anyone who's out there, I do know some agents listen to the show. And, and that's exactly what we were doing in Issaquah is you guys were doing a presentation to agents on how to identify land opportunities for you. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is 
we're not going to be able to take on every single deal, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. You know, we, oh, we reached out to 50 different builders for that site in Laurelhurst, mm-hmm. and a bunch of them were like, well, we don't have the capacity right now, or, yeah, great site, but can't do anything. And you know, everyone has their different things that go on, so that's it's just right. what happens. Yeah, so our biggest challenge is, is not necessarily to make sure that every agent's working for us. We just want to add value mm-hmm. to every relationship yeah. that we have um, and working with loan officers as well mm-hmm. and banks. And we just want to be part of the community, we want to add as much value as possible mm-hmm. in any interaction that we have. And that's part of the, the mission of inspiring energy efficiency and, and resource efficiency. It's, mm-hmm. it's just adding value and being a friend to our community. Yeah. Well, I've, I've loved your product for so many years and what you guys have been doing. That's one of the reasons we want to make sure we got you on the radio. I mean, I don't care if I'm necessarily the only agent you ever work with. In fact, we, we've tried, but it hasn't worked out yet. But uh, I love love what you guys design and create, and I hope you can find more more parcels out there. So anybody listening, if you're thinking about selling something that might be a good development site, where, how can they reach out to you guys? Yeah, Sam, yep. one more time. Yeah, what's yep. a- get on the website, greencanopyhomes.com. Don't you actually have an uh, email? It's acquisitions at greencanopyinc.com? Yeah, Is that- acquisitions at greencanopy.com. Okay, greencanopy.com. Yep. Okay. All right, fantastic. So, Perfect. Well, I know we're uh, getting ready to wrap up here. So, Sam, I want to thank you so much thank for taking you. the time to be here today. I really appreciate it. And uh, for those listeners, please, by all means, go check this out. They've got the two open houses going on in the Wallingford area and in Seward Seward Park. Park. Yep. Please come check them out. And uh, you want to wind anything down here? Well, I I just, uh, you and I uh, need, I think next week we'll make some announcements on some upcoming first-time homebuyer classes. Oh, yes. We've got got one that we're we're getting scheduled over on the east side. Yes, finally. We're taking taking this show on the road. I love first-time homebuyers on the east side. You know, first-time guys, you know, want to buy their million-dollar home and... We're happy to help. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think they all get to do that, but all right. Thanks for joining us all. Meet us uh, every Tuesday at 3 o'clock for Open House with Team Reba here on KKOL 1300 AM. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max metro east side on facebook or email info at teamreba.com join us again next tuesday at three for more open house with team reba here on business radio 1300 kkol program sponsored by team reba of remax metro east side and eric osnes of home street bank home mortgage